0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Year's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: I think the pain is like kind of just like dark matter in the universe. It's like everywhere and nowhere. and You can't okay. really see it or f- detect its presence.
0: That's a very existentialist way of thinking.
1: That's where I am with the Flyers right now. This is what they do to me. Welcome to checking out the competition, New Jersey Devils. I'm joined, as I always am, for the Devils Pods by John Fisher, the managing editor of All About the Jersey. I almost said the old name.
0: That's okay. That's.
1: My brain was, you know. It happens. Still full of turkey. John, how are you doing?
0: Well, um, it is very cold in New Jersey. Uh, winter has decided to show up, um, or you could say typical late November weather in New Jersey. Uh, but obviously the holiday is good. Um, you know, work is good. Uh, family is good. Devils, not as bad as they were in the previous three seasons.
1: Mm, interesting. I want to talk obviously we're gonna get into what the devils are doing right now, but since it has been so long, since the Flyers have played the Devils and they had kind of a busy bit of a busy offseason. They did some stuff. Mm-hmm. Why don't you kind of high level for people who maybe don't follow very closely, let us know what's different about the Devils this season.
0: Right. So the big acquisition is that the Devils signed the biggest named free agent on the market this summer in Dougie Hamilton. Mr. Hamilton is a legitimate number 1 defenseman. Mr. Hamilton was made available because Carolina was too cheap to pay him but somehow had enough money to pay just Perry a contract for the purposes of screwing over Montreal. Go figure. Anyway, but yeah. the Devils made the signing happen. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> they made the hap- they made the, they made the big signing happen. On the same day, they also signed Jonathan Bernier, uh, the goaltender out of Detroit to be Mackenzie Blackwood's uh, 1B goaltender, number two goaltender, if you will. Originally, this was supposed to be Corey Crawford last season, but he literally retired before last season started. So, Bernier is here to support Blackwood and the other major signing that the Devils had was Tomas Tatar, signed out of Montreal to help beef up the wing talent. Um, He's off to a bit of a slow start, so There have been some grumblings about his lack of uh, puck luck and finishing, but in general, it was an upgrade over what the Devils previously had, which was not very much. On top of all of that, Kelly, uh, the major name to come out of camp is a 19-year-old rookie by the name of Dawson Mercer, who has emerged as one of the Devils' top centers. He's their leading point scorer, or at least he's or he is as of uh, before this recording. The Devils are currently playing in Nashville right now, so he may get some more points. Other guys may get some more points, but, he, but uh, Mercer has been a revelation. He has shown a lot of ho- a great, quote-unquote, hockey IQ, and he just does a lot of things well to help make the Devils that much more threatening up front. And, um, you know, it's always great to see when you see a guy come out of nowhere at a camp to uh, make the team and make them a better team for it.
1: Okay, so while you were talking, I was trying to think of how to phrase this question without it sounding smart-assy, because I don't actually mean it in a smart-assy way. Okay. After that offseason, as a Flyers fan, Mm -hmm. Metro Division team follower, I looked at the Devils and was like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, they're going to be good, especially the, the Dougie Hamilton thing, obviously, was the big one. Yes. Right now, the Devils are tied with the Flyers for points with 20. Mm -hmm. That could change by the end of this evening. They're sixth in the Metro, behind Pittsburgh, Columbus, the Rangers, Washington, and the Canes, obviously. So, like, earnestly, I'm asking you, why has this team not performed better thus far?
0: Well, there's a couple... Uh, significant reasons for that. First and foremost is Jack Hughes. He was injured literally uh, in the fourth period of the season. Uh, he was injured on a hit from uh, Jeremy Lazan on the Seattle Kraken. He basically, you know, Lawson just uh, upended Mr. Hughes in the corner and Hughes fell on his shoulder. And as a result, his shoulder got separated. Um, And he is starting to practice again now, but that means all these games since game number two, he has not been available. And that's unfortunate because he literally was a big reason why the Devils won their home opener against Chicago. He actually had a goal against Seattle in that game. You know, every pundit, every insider was talking about how this was gonna be a big breakout season for Hughes. And in those four periods, all evidence was pointing to this was gonna be a big season for him. So obviously he hasn't been available. And when one of your top centers isn't available, It just, you know, the depth uh, starts to dwindle because now Nico, he gets all the attention. And uh, until Mercer started emerging, uh, Michael McLeod had to play above his head. And let me tell you something, Kelly, he's not good. Mm. (laughs) He's not good. So that's so that was that has been a big reason why uh, the results haven't always been there, especially from an offensive standpoint. But the other major reason is tied to the two assistant coaches on the Devils. Uh, Elaine Nazardine, who has been a longtime assistant and running the penalty kill for the Devils, and Mark Recky who's in his second season, wow. primarily coaching the power play. And last season, the Devils special teams were absolute trash. They were uh, totally abysmal. You and I could probably do a better job, or at the very least, we could get the same amount of results and be way more entertaining than Recky and Nazardine ever could be. So they come back. The penalty kill has been slightly better as of late, since the Devils have decided to stop sitting in a passive diamond and letting other teams, you know, basically do what they want with them. Uh, So the success rate's going up a little bit, but the power play for the Devils, despite the additions of Dougie Hamilton, despite the additions of Tatar, despite Andreas Janssen getting hot and actually scoring points, getting goals, Uh, Despite a hot stick from Jesper Bratt, despite Dawson Mercer's emergence, is only a percentage point better than their power play last season, which had Jack Hughes on it for pretty much the entire time. So I'm getting more and more Devil fans are getting more and more convinced that uh, Mark Reckey is bad at his job. The Devil's power play is literally holding the team back. And special teams as a whole is a big reason why a lot of their games have been close or they're losing games outright because – you know, the other team is getting a, a power play goal or they're getting a shorthanded goal or the Devils' power play isn't getting the Devils that extra uh, offensive boost that they need that could turn those draws into wins or get that extra, you know, edge to, you know, win a game here or there in a very competitive metropolitan division.
1: I, for one, am shocked to hear that noted Pittsburgh Penguin Mark Reckey sucks at something. Since yeah. That Mark Reckie fucking sucks. I hate Mark Reckie. I don't know if you know that about me. hate him a lot. Wasn't he a
0: flyer for a while?
1: He was. Hated him then. Hate him now. I have a Mark Reckie
0: jersey, too, which is weird. It it sounds like you're, uh, I'm not so convinced of your hate if you own his number.
1: I don't remember why I bought that jersey.
0: Was alcohol involved in this decision?
1: I must have been confused at some point. I think I bought it while I was, like, in college
0: with my Mm.
1: first credit card, like one of those credit cards they give you, like the table is set up in like the dining hall and they're like, hey, 18-year-old person, why don't you get a credit card? And I was like, yeah. And of course, because I was an idiot, first thing I did was buy a Flyer's jersey. And I don't know why it was the Mark Recy jersey. Mm. But I did it. Long story short, I hate him. Mm. And I wish nothing but bad things for him. So I'm sorry to say I might be the reason why your power play sucks. But I'm not really sorry about that either.
0: Well, if for all you fine listeners who want a long, long read before this particular game, you can head over to All About the Jersey, as I wrote about five thousand words about why this power play is bad, and it really goes down to the system uh, that the Devils do. One of the big things that the, you know, most teams like the Philadelphia Flyers, for example, they tend to use their man advantage by utilizing a man advantage. Like if they have a five on four, they try to use all five players on the power play. Correct, Kelly?
1: No, no,
0: no. no, The Flyers that wrong.
1: No, the, the Flyers this season do not have a power play. Doesn't exist. Okay, fine. But in past
0: seasons they have. It theoretically, yes. You're correct. Okay. Well he, here's the thing. Mark Recu system does their best to turn their five on fours in effectively three on fours when they get set up because the devils like to they like to put a net front person and a person in the middle in the quote unquote the bumper spot. Um mm-hmm which in theory works nicely for a one three, one formation, because it gives them options, it gives them traffic in front, it gives potential, you know, if you get a bounce in front or a rebound, you have players there to do so. But part of the problem is that the Devils are so committed to the per- perimeter, and there's already so much traffic in front of the net that the shots barely get through. So in effect, you don't have to defend against five players when the Devils get set up, you have to defend against three. And since they're on the perimeter, it's easy to block a shot or deny a pass, and then all of a sudden you get a shorthanded opportunity, And it's a minor miracle the Devils have only given up one or two shorthanded goals this season. But they have been regularly outshot in some games on their power play. So the reason why I bring that up is, one, I think your listeners would probably want to key on that particular point ahead of this game, hoping that the Devils get a whole bunch of power plays and completely give the Flyers opportunities to not worry about it. And two, that, um, you know, it, it's imperative that the Devils try to keep their games at five on five as much as possible because they've actually been a fairly decent five on five team. Lindy Ruff has made improvements in that regard. The, the added talent that they put in the offseason and the growth of the young players have helped along with that. Um, there are still issues with their general systems that I don't like personally, but their five on five results suggest that it's going pretty well. And again, it's special teams. That's really the hindrance here, not the five on five stuff.
1: Very excited on sunday to see a game in which we get to see which team can have the worst power play like not which team will score the most power play goals but which team will have the most disjointed and effective power play that'll be a lot of fun to watch i'm
0: sure sounds mm-hmm. entertaining well as of as of this conversation the devils are actually below the flyers in terms of success rate by less than a percentage and i will say not to brag about the devils futility but you know the devils went into los angeles whom at the time of their game you know was rocking a sweet 70% on their penalty kill success rate which is you know then 30th in the league and the devils proceeded to make the kings look like well kings on their penalty kill um again it the devils system is very easy to defend against even a 5 on 5 it's not super difficult, despite how often Ruff wants to have defensemen activated and, you know, try to mix things up. For the most part, the Devils is, you know, their systems are very bland too, very John Hines-esque. But the five-on-five stuff is much more effective. The fast speed gives them, uh, makes them really killer and generates quite a few counterattacks and breakouts and odd man rushes, um, you know, which leads to why they get so many high-danger chances and scoring chances on a regular basis. But the power play, yeah, the Devils, you know, they're they're about as threatening as a teddy bear at this point. And yes, I am saying that teddy bears are not threatening. Deal with it.
1: <laughs> okay, so you've outlined nicely kind of what's going, sounds like the worst for the Devils so far this season. What would you say has been going the best for them?
0: Well, there's actually been a number of things the Devils have been doing really well. Um, again, they're five on five play. Um, compared to last season, where, you know, their nu- their numbers were dreadful in some respects, especially when you look at things like scoring chances, expected goals. But the Devils actually have been one of the better teams in the entire league in those p- uh, particular categories. And some of it, yes, it, you know, the Devils take a lot of volume from, you know, long range, which is always, you know, low expected goals. You know, it's a function of the Devils' high to low system, of five on five, which means Dougie Hamilton is going to be shooting the puck a lot. And, you know, all things being equal, you'd rather take the 50-foot shot rather than the 30-foot shot or the 20-foot shot. But the Devils have been able enough and fast enough to really, you know, get good scoring chances over the course of a game. They're able to um, break out quickly when they get quick zone exits. Their speed can really be a big asset in their top two lines, even without Jack Hughes, with the likes of Jesper Brott, Andreas Janssen, Nico Heischer. Uh, Tatar, even bottom six players like Jimmy Vesey, you know, if if the Flyers are not careful and the Devils are able to get a quick stop on defense, they can easily flip the ice very, very quickly. And all of a sudden Carter Hart or whomever is going to have to deal with, you know, a breakaway or a two on one or a three on two. And you're going to see Flyers just fly back trying to back check so they don't get yelled at by the coach, which they will be because they probably got beaten on the play. So the Devils have been very, very good in that respect. And that's also why their five on five play. Looks a lot better than where they were last season. They're a lot more threatening uh, in the run of play. I will also say that I will also say at a more obvious point is that the Devils are also, and this is going to be a bit of a cliche, but they're 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 not an easy team to keep down. Uh, the Devils have made a number of comebacks, especially recently, to take points and even get some big wins on the board. For example, last Saturday. Um, They were in Tampa Bay. They were down 3-1 to Tampa Bay, the defending champions. This is just after losing their three last games against Boston, our hated rivals in Florida, respectively. Um, But the Devils managed to rally and put up four straight in the third period to beat them 5-3, giving Tampa Bay one of their few losses at the time. Uh, More recently, on Wednesday night, Thanksgiving Eve, they were down 2-0 to Minnesota. Going into the third period, the Devils managed to get one on the board, and Yegor Sharangovich finally gets his third of the season uh, in a six-on-five goal with the goalie pulled to drag the game into overtime, and the Devils were a post. And a couple other shots away from winning the game outright in overtime. Um, likewise, earlier in the month in L.A. and in San Jose, the Devils were able to drag those games beyond reg- regulation when it looked like they weren't going to. And uh, against Florida, one of the you know elite teams in the league on the ninth, the Devils hung with them in a three-three game, got a lot of crazy bounces in their favor, but ended up you know winning away in the third period at home, albeit. To win that game seven to three. So the the larger point I would say is that the Devils are a much more resilient team when things go bad. Whereas compared to last season or the season prior where if you get a two goal lead on the Devils and as long as you're, you know, keeping them relatively in check, you know, you don't have to watch for the rest of the game. It's going to be a loss. It's going to be an L for the Devils. You know, very rarely will you see the comeback. Attempted, much less you know, be made on the scoreboard. But the Devils have been a lot more resilient in that regard. They're not necessarily wilting in games. So unless the Flyers happen to score like four goals early on, um, I wouldn't expect the Devils to um, you know give up if if they are dealing with a little adversity on the scoreboard.
1: Yeah, this month has been kind of interesting for the Devils. I was looking at it before we started talking, and they've won four of eleven this month. But two of those wins were seven to three over Florida, which is impressive because Florida not only scores a ton of goals, they don't give up a ton of goals. So, no, they've been fantastic. Yeah, getting seven on Florida is pretty impressive. And then they put up five on Tampa just like last week on the 20th. Mm -hmm. Five to three win over Tampa in Tampa. Yep. Which is, again, a team that not only scores a ton of goals, they don't give up a ton of goals either. What what was it? Like, how'd they do that? How'd they do that? Like, what happened there? Because that's, for a team that's, you know, towards the bottom of the standings in the Metro, lost most of the games this month, it's interesting to see just, you know, score-wise, such dominant performances over two of the best teams in the eastern conference like what happened in those games that was different from the others
0: right well i I wouldn't say necessarily they were dominant per se like for example the tampa game i would say was a game of two halves like the first half was pretty much all tampa and then the third period comes in. you know the devil's just basically style all over the lightning like Mackenzie blackwood stops a two on nothing and um forces point to hit a hit the post on a penalty shot Um, while Dawson Mercer turned Andre Vasilevsky like a soccer player, and uh, Sharon Govich beat him really, really low on a shot that Vasilevsky absolutely should have stopped. Um, And in the Tampa Bay game, I'm sorry, the Florida game where they won 7-3, yeah, the Devils got a couple deflections, um, one of their few tip-in goals of the season. They had a goal go off a Florida player's hand. Um, You know, they got a couple breaks that they otherwise would not normally get and have not gotten this season. But I will say that the the big difference is that again, you know, there is a legitimate compete level where, um, you know, the Devils are, you know, they're not just going through the motions in a game. They've had some real stinkers of a game, you know, like earlier this month, um, they lost in Anaheim four to nothing, which was lame. Um, but even in games like the four one loss in Florida on the 18th, you know, the Devils came out a fire in that first period and put up like 22 shots in Florida, and I'd like to think that had they not botched the final 10 seconds of the period to give up a, a crucial equalizing goal. Maybe that game goes a little differently. Maybe if Thomas Tatar hit hit the net um, on a play he really should have scored on, it's two nothing going into the intermission. We're talking about a completely different game. Maybe the devil's dragging even a point out of that one. Um, so, I mean, there are, there are performances where, you know, it, things go awry, but it's not, very rarely do you see like the full on, this is 60 minutes of pain, Um, This is going to be just awful. You know, they've had a couple of those stinkers earlier in October, but they haven't really had one of those since then. Yeah, they've had some disappointing moments. It's never nice to see your team lose a shootout to your hated rival. It's not nice to, you know, see the team literally give points away to LA, uh, thanks to Damon Severson taking three straight minors in the third period. All legitimate minors by, by the way, not not fake minor penalty calls by the ref, this this was legit. Um, you know, the Devils have been able to demonstrate, you know, responses and adjustments to help, you know, keep them in games and get them competitive and get them points. So even if they only won four games in the month, you know, they still pick up points in, in you know, they still pick up points in three other games. So they're not <laughs> behind the eight ball in the Metropolitan Division, like, say, the Islanders right now, who have lost seven straight legit. So, you know, it's it, without Jack Hughes and with, you know, the terrible special teams that they are, the Devils are trying to make the best of their situation. And as as much as you could say as an outsider, oh, you know, I wish, how come the Devils aren't any better? I would still say the Devils are not out of it by uh, Thanksgiving. So this is actually their best season start so far since 2018. <laughs> yeah. So it is what it is
1: okay so given that both the flyers and the devils right now apparently have just garbage special teams let's just put those aside Mm -hmm. at five on five what do the flyers need to do
0: to beat the devils okay so the base when i said the devils have a very basic five-on-five system the devils love love kelly write this down you know write it with hearts love what Mm -hmm. they call high to low hockey so for those of you who are unaware listening to this, um, even, and this is even with the Devils top six, by the way, they do this too. They love to get the puck in deep, so that's the low part. So they get the puck into the corners, they play it behind the net, they go into puck battles. Typically you will see two, to th- two if not all three Devils forwards, you know, in deep in the zone with the puck. And when they come out of the puck with from the corner, unless somebody is magically wide open in front of the net, which is unusual, they will throw it to the point, so they'll throw it to the defenseman at the point or if a defenseman activated a forward there and typically you'll see a shot or the play continue from the point. Uh, So that's the high part. So low to high and as a result the Devils have a lot of volume. And um, not always a lot of great chances, which is always frustrating as a fan, because you'll see the Devils do all this hard work to set up a 50 to 60 foot shot that pretty much has no way of going in outside of sheer luck. No matter how much quote unquote traffic is in front of the net or you know what screen is set up or, or whatever the rationale coming coming from the color commentator might be. Um, but the devil's difference here is that again when they get those quick zone exits or they. Um, Are able to force a turnover in the neutral zone because the devils are fairly aggressive at trying to win pucks on defense basically get the puck back and try to catch the other team unaware Um, that's when they're able to get those scoring chances get those odd man situations make make you pay when you have guys open in space and again the devil's speed is an asset in this regard so if you are a flyers fan or a flyers coach and you're wondering well how can i stop this ironically the best thing to do is to be a little more conservative Basically, expect the puck to go in deep, and hope that your defensemen or your forwards are able to either start the battles on the half wall before it gets in deep, or be able to win those battles to win the puck back, get a quick outlet, and then force the Devils to scramble back because you know they might have the Flyers might get an on man situation going back the other way. Likewise, when the play is in the neutral zone, um, the Flyers need to be very careful not to get caught caught up early in the neutral zone like that means make sure you don't get caught on changes make sure you don't have players trying to play hero trying to keep a puck in play where the safer play maybe maybe to play it back because again the devils aren't this team that's just going to chip and chase the puck out of the zone unless they're under a lot of heavy pressure and they kind of need it Um, the devils will dump and change but only if they need to otherwise they're looking to open the game up and make it a fast-paced game for their own purposes so if the flyers are able to basically be prepared to have that come at them and if they're able to maintain puck possession on offense and provide that pressure. It'll basically neutralize the devil's ability to try to create counterattacks, which will cut off the heavy cha- that quote unquote that high danger chances the devils could take. And at the same time, if you're able to basically prepare for those shots from the point or even prevent them from even being created, you've basically neutered the devil's offense at five on five. So that's basically what I would recommend to how to stop the devil's offense. And again, at five on five. That's what a lot of teams tend to do. If you're looking for some recent examples, if you're looking for some tape, I would highly recommend looking at the first period of the Nashville, New Jersey game that we're currently recording during as Nashville has held New Jersey to literally um, a very low number of shots. I actually just had it up and now of course I turned it off, but it was uh, less than five. Actually, it's less than three. The Devils officially were recorded for two shots on net and unless they're the two greatest shots in the world, uh, Kelly. You ain't winning, and guess what? The devils currently aren't winning as of this conversation.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not enough shots. I wrote all of that down. I'm gonna DM it to Alan later so he knows. Oh,
0: you're, you're BFFs with Alan.
1: No, I I actually hate him now. Oh. <laughs> I want him to go away.
0: Um, you have a very strange relationship. You hate Mark Recchi, but you have his number. You have you hate you hate Elaine Vigneault, but you know apparently he slid into your DMs, or maybe you slid into his. Um, not you know, idea. not judging it, it, is, is what it is.
1: I have a feeling Alan's not on Twitter. He doesn't seem like a guy that would be
0: on Twitter. Well, he might have a burner account under some, you know, obscure name, you know. So um, me as an
1: Instagram guy. Oh, okay. I think. He
0: strikes you as more of an Instagrammer. Okay. Yeah. I don't use it. So what do I know? Me I'm neither. A, I'm a, I don't know. Okay. Anyway.
1: So. A couple more questions for you. You're not allowed to say Dawson Mercer because you already mentioned him. Is there another player that we should maybe key in on during
0: this? There are are several, actually, Uh, because, again, the Devils have had players, you know, play very well this season, um, despite the record. Um, So I would definitely highlight a number of different players that um, you need to be paying attention to. First and foremost, Dougie Hamilton, again. He's playing as advertised. If you're ever wondering what does a $9.5 million cap hit defenseman look like, Dougie Hamilton's a great answer answer to that. Yes, I think he's shooting the puck way too much, but he has been fantastic, you know, for the most part. Outside of maybe, like, I can only think of, like, maybe one or two games where he was, you know, not as excellent. But other than that, he's a stud, you know? So you're going to see a lot of Dougie out there, and uh, you can't miss him. He's huge. Uh, You're also going to see a lot of Ryan Graves, usually right next to him. He is also very large, uh, and also he is very, very good. He's not as offensively inclined as Hamilton. He's not as good on the puck, but he's been very good at shutting plays down and uh, basically reacting very well. He's also competent enough to keep pucks in play, so he's not a total one-way player, but he is definitely very, very good. Uh, Up front, I would definitely want to pay attention not not just to Dawson Mercer, because he told me not to say his name, but you should also pay attention to Andreas Janssen and Jesper Brott. Janssen, as I just messed up his name, because now he's a hard J and not a soft J, Uh, he has been hot to start the season, which is incredible considering last season every devil wanted him to be claimed by Seattle, Uh, but he has already improved upon his production from all of last season. Last season he was hit really hard by COVID, He's apparently asthmatic as well, so that also was not good for the COVID, (laughs) but uh, the production is there. He's shooting at 20% in five-on-five. He is looking really credible as a top-six winger, and therefore he has stayed as a top-six winger. And Jesper Brott, he has also been very hot as well on the stick. Um, It's cooled off quite a bit. He's now only shooting seven. Uh, a little bit under 8% shooting-wise, but he has plenty of production, plenty of shots as well. He's been much more active in sort of going after the puck, creating opportunities, being that uh, fierce and feisty and quick winger that you like to always have on your team to help, you know, stretch the ice out. And um, additionally, additionally, I would say keep an eye out for um, – I'm hoping this will happen, so this is more of a guess, but um, – Hopefully, Jaeger Sharangovich has turned a corner because he has started this season really poorly. In preseason, he looked like a stud. He looked like he was going to score 30 goals this season. And then the season started, and he turned ice cold. But he finally scored he two goals uh, against Tampa Bay, against Andre Vasilevsky, Kelly. You know, not not some scrub. You know, we're talking, you Yeah, know, it's pretty good. Yeah, goaltending royalty in this modern era. Um, he scored two goals, and he scored the equalizer against Minnesota to force overtime. Uh, Just this past Wednesday. I'm hoping that today, since the Devils are currently down a goal, he gets another goal today to help help him along. And if that is truly the case, definitely keep an eye on him because he's got a strong shot. He's actually pretty good away from the puck as well. And once that shot is going and he is able to find those pockets of space, you know, he's definitely going to add to the Devils offense and be another threat. And he'll especially be another threat. When Jack Hughes returns, which might be really soon because he's been practicing uh, as of late next week, I believe he's supposed to get his shoulder re-evaluated, but he apparently traveled with the team into Nashville and has continued to take part in its practices. I don't expect him to play on Sunday, mm-hmm. but maybe for that uh, next Flyers game, which is December 8th, um, well, that may be too close, but maybe December 14th might be the one you're going to see 86 back on the ice. Dishing out plays, making things happen, and making you wonder, "Huh, this is what Jack Hughes is all about."
1: Last serious question for you: okay. Tell me your honest opinion about the Jersey Jersey.
0: I hate long it. Long... Okay. <laughs> I I've written at length about this. This was leaked on Saturday. <laughs> So I already got my my takes out on this and I rewrote it again on on Tuesday since the Devils had a rare Tuesday night off. So they announced the Jersey. This Jersey looks like garbage. It's lazy. It's poorly designed. It's referencing three minor league teams in New Jersey that have existed for a total of five seasons over 60 60 years ago that never won anything. Um, You know, the fact that the Devils have promoted this with the support of The Athletic and ESPN saying that Martin Bordeaux designed this and we got approval from Gillian you know, Frechette and Jake Reynolds, who are the VP of marketing and the, pres- the team president, respectively, along with designers at Adidas. And it makes me think, Kelly, that how do you have this many people in the room working for over three years and your result is an inconsistently striped jersey that's just black and white with a touch of red, which is the Devils primary color removing the best logo in sports for a word mark that is just boring at best and means nothing at at worst not to mention it just you know makes the devils look silly i mean yes today they announced a hat that just says the word hat on it and oh my god are they
1: actually doing it
0: yes and proceeds are proceeds are going to go to the uh, devil's hockey uh, youth foundation so it is going there is a charitable reason to go get it i I guess but i I don't
1: around and get a hat hat to be honest with
0: you but but i've seen this in the i've seen this in person on um in in the stands on on wednesday for the devil's wild game and it's not a good jersey kelly it's not good at all it is boring it looks like a knockoff jersey that a video game designer would come up with because they couldn't get the nhl license so they had to wiggle around the legalities and go oh this is the team from new jersey and we'll just call them jersey so nobody thinks of anything of it like the fact that this many people are involved in it and it took this time and this is the best they could come with come up with is garbage and uh, my my larger conspiracies and since i don't have a women's hockey conspiracy anymore it looks like uh my fear is that ownership is going to want to get away from the best logo in sports at some point and this is their way to weasel it in so i'm of the opinion that i think this is bad looking i think it's a poor look i don't want to endorse their money as much as people may ironically buy the hat hat or buy this jersey and say, I got a jersey that says jersey on it. Look how wacky I am. There ain't no such thing as ironic sales. The ownership and management are going to look at that and go, hey, we made a whole bunch of money making these jerseys. Let's keep down this path. Oh, one last little uh, tidbit. We're kind of stuck with this for the next three seasons because per NHL bylaws, when you have an alternate jersey, you have to use it for 12 to 15 games for for each of the next uh, three seasons. So there's going to be at least – 36 games over the next three seasons in these bad looking jerseys oh and one final sticking point kelly at the arena you know since they announced this you would think okay they're going to sell a whole bunch of jerseys people there are some people who are excited about this well one when they displayed it on the big scoreboard during the game to advertise it the fans booed it there were way more boos than there were cheers for the brand new third jersey which is probably not the reaction the devils wanted and second in this team stores that were um you know you would think okay that's where people are buying it from your options were a blank template which is common you know or a pk suban pre-customized jersey no jack hughes no good dougie hamilton no nico heisher no dawson mercer not even you know um jesper brott or um Mackenzie blackwood nope your options were either nobody on the back or 76 and I get it, Subban's a popular player, but it's a little ridiculous that they had literally hundreds of Subans and nobody of any, none of anybody else. It, it begs, it just highlights the larger point that I think the Devils' management and the people at Adidas, um, they're not really in touch with what the Devils' fans are wanting or interested in. They wanted a black jersey. My, I, I, I'll say it before I'll say it again. They should have just taken their regular classic cup-winning jersey, just invert the colors. And there you go. You sell thousands upon thousands of jerseys at 200 bucks a pop. You know, I just gave you a great idea in three seconds. You didn't need three. Yeah.
1: There have been a lot of questionable jersey designs recently. People are just, uh, they're trying to get too cute and too galaxy brain. And like, oh, we need to do something different. Like you, you don't have to do anything different. Yeah.
0: Remember when the flowers had a blue jersey? No. Or no, no, I'm sorry, I miss. That was during the 90s when they had an attempt to like recolorify jerseys to like make it look interesting, make it look hip. Oh and- yeah, there was like a like a design.
1: Apparently, they got kicked around.
0: Yeah, exactly. I know at one point somebody attempted to do like a blue Red Wings jersey, which I'm sure somebody at Detroit was like, hell no, we're not going to allow this. We're the Red Wings, for God's sakes. <laughs> you know, Blair it feels like the, those people grew up and decide those people who bought those jerseys or looked at those jerseys, thought they were cool, grew up to be jersey designers and 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 management doesn't know any better. So they just go, eh, hey, you're at Adidas, you know what the kids like these days, you know, you know what they'll spend money on. They don't know anything. <laughs>
1: I need to know where I buy a hat hat because I don't see it anywhere. I'm looking.
0: I will um, link that to you in a little bit. God bless. Okay. I don't so. know
1: why I need a hat hat. I don't even wear hats, but it makes me giggle. Yeah, I was about
0: to say because, no, no offense, but, you know, a lot of uh, women do not tend to buy hats. And if they do, they're not typically ball caps. They're like the floppy, you know, like circular 360 hats, you know, like a, a sun hat.
1: Eh. Sometimes I wear a baseball cap if I'm running and it's raining.
0: That's well, that it. makes, yeah, like functional purposes. Okay.
1: Anywho, without getting too far off topic, um, final score for this game. What do you got?
0: I would love it if the New Jersey Devils uh, win this game and win this game comfortably by a score of 5-2 to two with an empty netter. But more likely, Kelly, it is going to be 3-2, to two in overtime in favor of the Devils, and the Devils will make a comeback to force overtime. That's more likely based on how they've been playing this month.
1: Okay. I think that this is going to be my first losing prediction on Mm -hmm. the season. Things have gotten very dire with the Flyers over the last five or so games. Things are going very
0: poorly. Well, not that I want to support the Flyers, but I will say, you know, as a concession here that the last five games have been particularly br- – I would say the last six games have been particularly brutal in terms of competition, as there was Calgary, who has destroyed the Metropolitan Division this season, two yeah. games against Tampa, Boston, who, by the way, is still a really good hockey team, and the best team in the East in Florida, and, oh, yeah, Carolina, the other best team in the East. Like, it's that's a murderous been- room of competition.
1: Yeah, it's not been fun. Um but maybe, maybe this will be like a reverse jinx. I'm mm-hmm. gonna say, I'm actually gonna agree with your three two devils, but I don't think it's gonna go to overtime. Oh. I think that the fly it'll be like three nothing or maybe it'll be like two nothing for a little while. Then it'll be two to one, and then the flyers will tie it and we'll think, yes, finally, we will taste victory again. And then they'll lose on, like, some fluky bullshit goal.
0: And then that'll be the end of it. I feel Uh, like that. Ever ever the uh, optimist.
1: (laughs) I am optimistic, like, to a level that is almost a sickness. But eventually, every season, there comes a point at which they beat me down with the reality. And I think we're there. I still believe in this team, but they're going through a rough, a rough moment. And I'm not sure if they'll be turning it around this weekend. So right. hopefully I'm wrong. There's nothing I love more than the flyers proving me wrong when I'm feeling negative about them. So we okay. see what happens.
0: Well, I hope you're proven right.
1: <laughs> Thanks, John. And thank you again for doing this. This was great. As always, you're always one of the better guests that we have because you talk a lot. And that makes me very happy.
0: No problem. I love, as as many of my dates would indicate, I love talking about the devils, possibly to a fault. That's a joke. I don't get many dates, Uh, and when I do, I'm not talking about the devils. They don't care.
1: Okay, I was gonna tell you, don't maybe not like first, maybe like third date you can start talking about the devils. But oh, to be fair, I also kind of I'm getting off topic again. I kind of always feel like like just be however fucking weird you are on a first date because if they don't like you right it's better to just know that out of the gate
0: yeah well i mean to be fair i do bring up all about the jersey and garden state of hockey and you know (laughs) i i have on the pro the online profiles that hey i've been in a hockey book because i have been in a hockey book i've been in the hockey prospectus books for a couple years before they stopped doing them um but typically the you know first date i'm usually focusing on the other you know on the women involved because you know that's typically Um, What's the word I'm looking for here at least to better conversations. So it doesn't sound like you're you're just blowing air uh, out your you know what. And also I have a son, so that's always going to be more interesting to anybody to talk about to say you know who wants to hear you know me rant about how Mark Recchi turns a 5 on 4 power play into a 3 on 4 for the Devils, and that's why their power play is garbage. When I could tell you about my lovely and adorable near 3 year old son who loves sticks to the point where he wants to hang out outside in crummy 40 degree New Jersey weather looking for every stick in the apartment complex. You know um, that's way more interesting, um, especially since the sticks are like twice as his size They're like branches. Basically, they're not even just sticks at this point. Um, And I don't blame him because Mason is adorable and this power play is garbage. Uh, I cannot stress enough how much I do not like the New Jersey Devils power play. And it legitimately is holding the team back. And if the Flyers are smart um, in some sort of galaxy-brained way, they should not be afraid to take penalties to to dare the Devils to try to win with power plays. Because I can almost guarantee you, Kelly, they will not.
1: Well, you'll have a fun time watching the Flyers power play as well. Anywho. Everyone, be your weird, authentic self at all times. I hope that you all enjoy this hockey game. I hope it's better than I think it's going to be in my head. I hope that you enjoy John, even though the Devils might lose. And I hope everyone has a good time out there.
0: Certainly. Thank you for having me as usual, Kelly. And we'll talk more in December.
1: Where can the people find you on the internet?
0: They can find me primarily writing at allaboutthejersey, which is all about your, about the, nah, allaboutthejersey.com. Uh, I do a podcast weekly with Dan Rozelle of the Garden State of Hockey, which is also posted it uh, all about the jersey. And I tweet under my personal account, which may or may not be always hockey related or appropriate uh, at J.K. Fisher, which is my name. Um, Yeah, so that's what it is. But mostly just stick to the hockey. That's that's really all I'm bringing to the table for the Internet. You know, I'm, I'm not bringing, you know pictures of attractive people or cats or dogs or you know i'm not giving you hot crypto tips or uh hot gaming videos or you know any anything that's yeah trending you know hockey hockey is what i do talk about best and most
1: yes and hockey will destroy us all john thank you again everyone enjoy the game go flyers go devils today's episode is brought to you by cars.com